in a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, Karen here with a special episode for you guys. So this is the panel that Maggie and I did along with Teresa of Canary Nets podcast and Sasha of formerly the Spin Doctor podcast. Now she runs Sheepspot.com yarns at the Kitchener Waterloo Knitters Fair this year. So as you'll be able to tell, there's two, there was two different audio sources. We had someone recording it straight to a computer. I had a backup of my little iPod with a microphone on it. And the first 20 minutes of the uh, recording from the computer was missing. So I just plopped in my iPod recording. I've tried to go through and make sure everybody's levels are similar. So hopefully you'll be able to hear everything. You'll just get more background noise on my iPod one. And I've gone, because we were doing this with other people, I have done fairly minimal editing. I've cut out some of the gaps and stuff where we were passing microphones around. So you didn't hear the of microphones going past, getting passed around. But other than that, you'll get to hear how we actually talk, which is kind of terrifying because really you guys are going to find out how much editing I usually do. Now I should probably mention a couple things before I start a couple things. Um, Maggie and I are recording tonight. Uh, it's October 3rd. I think. Maggie and I are recording tonight. I will hopefully have it up within the next couple weeks because, ooh, I should mention. So I mentioned in the last podcast that I got selected for jury selection. Um, well, last Thursday I was at work and I had been calling the jury uh, sort of recorded message every single day to see whether the jury panel was still on. And uh, mom called while I was at work. I saw her name come up on the on the phone. And I'm like, Oh, she could only be calling me about one thing. Please, God, please, God, please, God. I answered. Jury selection was cancelled! Yay! So, this is extra confirmation that both Maggie and I are going to be at Rhinebeck this year. Oh my god. I cannot wait. I am so excited. Like, seriously, so excited. So, I am going to try and get this up before Rhinebeck. The problem is... I have a hell of a lot of stuff to do before I go to Rhinebeck, because sweet Jesus. Oh my god, you guys. I have two assignments due tonight, including one that I haven't finished yet, and which I really don't want to work on anymore. I've got, like, a learning activity thing that needs to be done for next weekend. I've got another learning activity thing, which I don't even think is for marks, but we're doing it in partners, so I have to do it. Yes, I am that lazy. That's due, like, next week. And I have two assignments due the Sunday of Rhinebeck weekend, which means I have to finish them before Wednesday. Because the Thursday of that weekend, I'm going straight, I'm working all day, and then going straight from work to the bus terminal, getting the bus to Buffalo, staying in Buffalo overnight, so I can get the train to Rhinebeck the next day. So, needless to say, I have a lot of stuff I need to do, and I still need to finish the damn sweater. So... I'm trying to tell myself that maybe I don't need to block it, you know, or maybe I can try just doing steam blocking instead of, you know, wet blocking, or maybe I don't need to block it at all. We'll see what happens. So yeah, like I said, I will try and get this out before Ryan back. And that's, I should mention too, that's even with if it works, because 
I mean, one of the reasons we haven't recorded in the last couple weeks is because I've been busy with school, and then Maggie is down one car. Their one car basically has had it. So they're down to one car. They don't live in the same city that I'm in, that I'm in anymore. So getting together to record has been a little difficult. So what we're going to do is we're going to try recording via Skype tonight. Fingers crossed that will work. And so if we get actual audio, I will hopefully that get out, get that out to you before Rhinebeck. If not, even if it does get out before Rhinebeck, look for us on Saturday. I should mention Maggie's going to be there on the Saturday. She's not going to be there the Sunday. I'm going to be there both days. Feel free to come up and say hi if you see me. I'll be wearing the Knit One Geek 2 shirt. And on Saturday, we're definitely going to be at the Ravelry slash podcast meetup which I think I know where that is. I saw a post on it a couple days ago, but I'll keep double checking. I, you know, they say someone said it's like on the hill near the main gate. I have no idea what that means because I have never been there before, but you know, we'll find it. So just look for us and we'll see you at Rideback. Okay, now onto the panel. Bye. So keeping with the theme of inspiration and community, uh, t- for this uh, year's talk, we decided to recruit a panel of four podcasters from the southwestern Ontario area. So, please join me in welcoming Sasha Torres of The Spin Doctor, (laughs) Teresa Gregorio of Canary Knits, and Mega Maggie and Super Karen of Knit One Geek 2. So if you're not a regular podcast listener, if you don't know what a podcast is, it's like a special radio program just just for you. You get to pick when you listen to it. Um, they're usually about half an hour to an hour long, and you just relax and listen to someone tell a story or talk about knitting or something like that. So um, all of these ladies host a podcast, um, and so can you tell us who you are? I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. And we host the Knit One Geek 2 podcast. (laughs) What channel? Well, it's distributed on the internet. So we have a blog at knitonegeek2.emptypockets.org. Or you can search for us in iTunes um, or other sort of um, podcast distributors. And what part of Ontario are you from? Oh, sorry. (laughs) And we're from St. Catharines. We have a podcast that comes out uh, approximately every two weeks. Um, give or take us a few days because we do do the editing in-house and sometimes life does happen, but that's the goal that we have is we have about an hour podcast that happens every two weeks. I'm Teresa Gregorio. I am a knitwear designer and I happen to have a podcast called Canary Knits, which you can find similarly to the Knit One Geek 2 on iTunes. You just search on it on iTunes for it there. Or you could just Google Canary Knits. My website will come up and it will guide you through finding Canary Knits online, and I'm based out of Hamilton, Ontario. I'm Sasha Torres. I live in London, Ontario, and my podcast, which was uh, 40 episodes long, has now, I'm no longer in production, but it was called Spin Doctor, and I specialized in product reviews for hand spinners. So uh, if you're starting to spin, I think there's still, there's some content in Spin Doctor that still works. So um, you can find it at spindoctorpodcast.com, and you can either download episodes there, or you can, um, each of the posts for the episodes has a little MP3 player right in it, so you can just listen right from the site. 
and you can listen at your leisure. That's the great thing about podcasts. There isn't really a schedule for them. I mean, there's a production schedule, but there's the listening schedule is magically up to you. Great. So we've heard a little bit about what the podcasts are about. Um, so who's your audience? Who are your normal listeners? Who are your surprise fans? Um, and why should new listeners tune in? Okay, so most of our content is um, split into both knitting content as well as about uh, geeky items. And geeky is a big, broad thing. It can be uh, movies, television, science, basically anything we decide that counts as geeky. Um, so basically our intended audience or perfect audience is someone who both enjoys knitting as well as enjoys other sort of like geeky material. Um, would you like to say more? Uh, I'll put the blanket statement out there right now. We are uh, a not safe for work podcast or a not safe around uh, the in-laws or anybody that you're trying to impress. Children. Um, yes. They may learn a few words or phrases that you don't want them to repeat at the Thanksgiving table, things like that. But uh, we are a little bit fun and we are a little bit bonkers and it's very relaxed. Uh, we've been told that uh, our listeners have been listening with headphones on the bus and They've had people look at them for laughing out loud, and that to us is always a mark of success. So your, our, our listeners are people who like to relax, like a little bit of a laugh and a chuckle, and like to hear about the latest uh, knitting thing that we're, we're squeeing about or what's happened in uh, the movie universe, the science universe, or anything out there that we are really happy to share a cause for. I'd say you guys are more than a little fun. <laughs> Big time fun over here. We don't drink on the podcast. We swear. We swear we don't. So my podcast is, um, to be honest, um, sort of self-indulgent and about things that, uh, where knitting intersects with things that happen to be of interest or passing through my brain at the time. So I like to keep my episodes sort of thematic. Um, so around Canada Day, I was thinking about you know, nationhood and belonging and those sorts of things. So I spun that into, well, how does that sort of connect to knitting? Plus, who could not talk about the things that they're actually knitting at the time, things that they're excited about, you know, squee factor, of course. And um, as for who my audience is, to be honest, I'm a fairly new podcaster. I'm not sure that I have much of an audience, but I would guess that my audience would be people who are comfortable with the Internet, people who are knitters. I think we have a room full of those right here. And um, if you're interested in pushing knitting through different thought phases, that's a very unusual way of putting it. See, I don't have my edit buttons here, so now you get to hear all the garbage that comes out of my mouth. Um, but yeah, I would assume that's what my uh, audience would be. I wrote very weak notes here, which you would be uh, laughing if you saw at the moment. Uh, spinners. My audience is spinners. And, um, and I think I, I started the podcast because I'm kind of an obsessive researcher. Uh, in my day job, I, uh, teach at a university. So, uh, that's a skill set that's kind of overdeveloped in me. And when I started spinning, I, um, I wanted to learn all the things about everything. So I, so I was doing tons and tons of research and I was thinking it's, you know, that it, it kind of, it, it saddened me that all that work was going to waste, so I wanted to kind of share that with other people. When I started the show, I was a pretty new spinner. I had only been spinning for about 
10 months at that point. And um, so I had a ton to learn. And um, and so basically I just used the podcast as an opportunity to, to learn more stuff about spinning and also do all sorts of things that I needed to do for the podcast. Like I had to go to Rhinebeck for the podcast. <laughs> and then I had to go to Maryland for the podcast and Black Sheep Gathering for the podcast. And I had to take all these classes for the podcast and buy all these wheels for the podcast. So um, so I think, you know, new-ish spinners or spinners who are um, a little obsessive and want to deepen skills in, in a particular area um, would be my audience. These podcasts are great because you can just sit and knit and spin while you're listening to them. And while Knit One Geek 2 and Canary Knits are still on the air, so to speak, um, I also still download... Spin Doctor podcasts, and I still listen to them while I'm spinning. So you can listen to them again and again, and there's still something new to learn from them. So part of every knitting podcast is the On Your Needles segment. So what do we have On Your Needles this week? We actually brought stuff for show and tell. Well, one of them. Ooh, sound effects. So Maggie and I are doing... The There and Back Again Story Scarf. <laughs> we are, well, I don't know about Maggie at this point, but I'm hoping to get it done for the release of the Hobbit movie in December. <laughs> as we've done, every year we've done a Hobbit along as part of the podcast, so we knit something for when the Hobbit movie comes out, like that. <laughs> so, uh, though I think this, this one is definitely the most bonkers yet. Um, other than that, I'm working on a hopefully Rhinebeck sweater if I don't have jury duty that week. And Maggie? So for myself, this is what I call the thrice-cursed sweater, uh, sweater scarf, because um, the first time I made too many mistakes and there were enough mistakes that I found I could not live with it. The second time, I don't know how I managed it, I cast on twice as many stitches as I needed. That would have been an epic problem to deal with. So, ripped it out again. Third time, I am... This is also our first time learning how to do double knitting in lace weight. So yes, for anybody listening, that is knitting a scarf in lace weight. Um, go big or go, go home. That's right. So yes, I have now gotten back into it. Um, I have gone off to the races. It is now my obsession every single day that does not involve family and breathing, which unfortunately is doesn't leave me a lot of time. Other than that, I have um, a mindless TV scarf, which is just, uh, I call it my Grimm scarf because I've gotten into the TV show Grimm. Woo! Um, and I still have these swirled mittens that I'm supposed to be making for my mother's birthday, which was last week. But she's not on this continent, so she doesn't have to know. So, as far as she's concerned, they're finished. Okay, my on the needles is kind of um, sad. Because it is the Rhinebeck sweater that I am trying to finish for, uh, what's the date again? 14th, 15th of October? Uh, 17th. I knew someone would know. I knew someone would know. So um, you will laugh when you see the progress I have here, but this is my Rhinebeck sweater so far. I'll hold it up properly so you can sort of see it. <laughs> so the top, back, neck, and then I'm doing like a top-down set-in sleeve business happening here. So yeah, that's what I've got. 
Yeah, it's fingering weight. But um, this gives hopes to all of us late starters on every project. Oh, yeah, I mean these ladies over here with the fingering weight uh, double knitting. Lazy Jesus. <laughs> Lace work. Oh my god. I tried to get out of this project three times. But when it's done, people are just going to stomp you in the street. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Needles or wheels? Okay. Uh, I'm knitting um, my third barley hat from Tin Can Knits. I'm, I'm just completely obsessed with that hat. It's so easy and mindless. And uh, so I knit two in hand spun and now I'm doing uh, one in a sheep spot yarn and we'll get to that in a minute in the in the Rambouillet worsted. And what I'm spinning right now is Polworth uh, pencil roving that was dyed by Crown Mountain Fibers. Uh, I, I lament their loss. Um, <clears throat> Klaus was an amazing dyer um, and I'm really, really enjoying it. So that's what I'm up to these days. So it seems like Karen and Maggie are going to Rhinebeck, and Therese is going to Rhinebeck, and I'm going to Rhinebeck. So, but it, it's nice to hear week to week as the podcasters' projects are progressing, and you hear they're ripping back just as many times as you are, and they're maybe a little bit behind on their sweaters. And you just feel that little connection that other people have with knitting. So they're working on similar projects. They may, may have one too many. We're knitters. We're all the same. So a funny thing happened when I asked these lovely ladies to be part of the panel. is They were kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> we're kind of surprised. You, we have fans that want to hear us come, come talk. And so what can you tell us about the audience that you that you know about already? Well, actually, we just double-checked with uh, Maggie's husband, who is our admin monkey, who manages the website part of things, and he just double-checked how many downloads, downloads we had for our last episode. It's around a 1,000, but that depends on how people get it, and we don't know how many people are listening when someone downloads it, so we, we don't really know. So for us, it's always interesting to meet listeners. Like, we've met a few here, and it never feels quite real because... <laughs> We sit in front of a microphone in my family room, and we talk into it, and then there are people on the internet who send us messages, and they don't always feel real. Though, you know, they at least share some of the same enthusiasms, and especially for people like Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Hiddleston and some of the other people we drool over. I would also, because this, uh, this is being recorded, and it will probably uh, get back to fans going abroad, we wanted to uh, say hi to Awilda in yes. New Zealand because she is she is a very dedicated fan who has gone to the sites of the Hobbit movies and I have little rocks from Mount Doom and um, from the rivers, which I think I'm not supposed to have because that's a national park. So <laughs> I can get that out later. Okay. But, uh, no, all of the listeners that we've met have been positive, intelligent people, and we are thrilled that, um, I remember when we started getting listeners, we sort of looked at each other going, you mean they're not our family? It's, it's not It's not our mother sort of like roping somebody in to, into, this is cool! Like, there is an entire universe that cannot be seen out there, um, and now we're sort of literally knitting ourselves together via technology and the internet, so this it's an it's a extremely positive experience for both of us. I feel like I'm assaulting you every time I pick up this microphone. Sorry about that. Yeah. The cord is. Okay. 
wonderfully put. Um, I've only been on the air since February, so um, I have zero uh, fan encounters of which to speak. I'm quite pleased that anybody interacts at all because I do have a little bit of a forum I direct people to in some cases where some banter, an amount of banter, happens. <laughs> it happens. Um, and I'm excited to see that it's happened. And um, to be honest, there isn't really much room in this business to be self-effacing. Uh, but I'm, I still can't believe that anybody listens. Your numbers are, I don't want to do the math, much, much, many more times larger than my downloads. Five, six, seven, I don't even know. But I, you guys have been on the air for quite a long time. And uh, as I was telling them before the panel started, I've caught up with their past, what, three years? Yeah, in, in about three months. So, uh, OD in a very short amount of time. That's a lot of crazy. <laughs> See, you say that, but I say crazy, right? I think the thing that was the most surprising to me about um, my podcast listeners was that was just how fantastic they, you all are. Um, I think if you really are feeling like you need more love in your life, you should start a fiber podcast. I'm I'm serious because I think in the in the time I was doing uh, Spin Doctor, which was about three years, I guess, um, I got one piece of negative feedback. Um, and I got lots of feedback. So I, I just, knitters are great and spinners are great and, um, and people understand that we're, you know, it's a lot of work to do this and we're putting it out for free and, um, and with that one exception of that one email that, of course, I remember clearly, um, every, everyone was just so fantastic about it. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the one, one of the good things about podcasts, too, especially knitting podcasts. There are so many of them that if there's one you find that you don't really like or isn't your thing, there are lots more out there. You don't have to listen to it. It's not even like a radio station where... If you are driving to work, that is what's on at 8 o'clock in the morning. You can skip to something else if you feel like it. There are several hundred, I believe, podcasts that are specifically about knitting. So if you aren't interested in any of these podcasts, I'm sure there's one that's more to your liking. All sorts of yarn companies have them, designers, all sorts of people. I'm just going to put my academic hat on for a second because one of the things that I do is study media. And um, we're actually living through an incredible revolution in the history of communications right now. Um, and podcasting is a big part of that because we're now uh, in the situation in which we can really choose what we, lis what we listen to, what we watch, and when we wa watch or listen to it. Um, we're not depending on some big media corporation to, you know, and their crazy ideas about what we want to feed us stuff. Um, we can actually go out and, and get very tailored, specific media. Um, and podcasting, I think, really, or, or fiber podcasting really arose out of the fact that we're so completely ignored. Um, fiber people are so completely ignored when we're not being actively mocked in mainstream media. Um, and knitters just, you know, just started doing it for ourselves. And, um, and that's a, it's a really interesting moment to be living through as somebody who studies network television, um, which is now extinct, thankfully, or almost extinct. Um, 
it's just like we're living through this big revolution and we and we should all appreciate it. That's that's my little see my little flat my mortar board. And I think Sasha, it might have been you who gave a tip on your podcast that if you're listening to a podcast, listen to at least 3 episodes because you never know if the first episode if they've gotten into the swing of things, if they've got their recording equipment set up properly. So listen to three episodes, and you might like it better than on your first listen. So uh, speaking of fan encounters, I know Karen and Maggie have included some fans at uh, podcast recordings at um, conventions and knitting fairs. So can you talk about including your audience and maybe some interesting fan encounters you've had? Or what's your most surprising experience with fans? Most surprising? I don't know. Usually, well, the problem is, especially we, we often meet people at things like this, and generally for things like this, I have not had any sleep the night before for unknown reasons, so I always show up and meet people, and I'm like, oh, hi. Like, I, I never remember what I say later. So I don't know if I can remember a surprising one. We did have someone who contacted us after we were talking about Brave, whose husband actually worked at Pixar, <laughs> which was amazing. That was that was amazing because we were she uh, emailed in to uh, have a, correct us on how to say the protagonist's name. We were saying uh, Merida, yeah. and her name is Merida, and she was saying I should know. My husband is in the Pixar team and working on the project right now, and the two of us just sort of looked at each other and squeed. Oh my God! Somebody from Pixar actually listens to anyway. Sort of uh, six degrees from six degrees from six degrees, and the next thing you know, there we are. Um, <laughs> there are, have been a couple of encounters where we've had, I've had somebody come up to me. I was, I was waiting outside for Karen after one convention. It was just warm and I was outside wearing said same t-shirt and somebody came up to me and said, I don't believe I'm saying this, but, um, I listened to your podcast and hi, and I don't really know what to say to you. And I just sort of turned around and went, hi, and I gave her a big hug and, um, don't imagine that what you come up to us and, and be nervous about because we're just we're just going to turn around and probably give you 200% back going, hi, we love you more than you realize. Fan encounters. I think my favorite fan encounter was uh, when I discovered that Sarah Anderson, who's a, like the best, one of the best spinners in the universe, listened to the show. And then I, I thought, I thought something's really wrong here, you know, but <laughs> why? I have nothing to teach Sarah Anderson. That's for sure. I, the other thing that really, um, that really warmed my heart and, um, maybe will do, give us a little segue to the next question because it really has influenced my current work is, um, the rare, the spin doctor rare breeds challenge, which, um, was a, uh, a thing that a spin along that I did with my Ravelry group after taking a class with Deborah, a rare breeds class with Deborah Robeson. And I had been so excited by that class, um, by discovering what the, just how amazing wool is and how, how amazing different types and breeds of, of wool are. And so I, uh, started spinning, doing basically a breed study with my Ravelry group, and the, the response to it was just unbelievable. I think there are like, you know, two, th two or three thousand posts in that thread, and um, and it was amazing, and it was great to be able to be encountering those yarns with that kind of en enthusiastic company. So 
uh, I would say that was my favorite fan experience. So talking about working and crafting and having a business that's related to your podcast or your blog, uh, Teresa is a designer and she has many successful patterns. And Sasha has recently started the Sheep Spot Yarn Company. So can you talk a little bit about how um, you kind of bring those into your podcast or the other way around, how's, how does uh, your social media and podcasting and blogging experience influence your design work? And talk a little bit about your company. Well, I had wrote rather extensive notes for this question. And um, the podcast has influenced just my craftiness in general because now I have this extra pressure to get things done to seem as though I'm productive fool everyone th into thinking I actually make things and finish them. Um, but so far as um, my design, I think I've mentioned a couple of times, I don't want to overindulge people in that, but um, I did on purpose wear one of my newest designs today, which I will stand up and do a little twirl for you in. It's from Holla Knits, which I'm not sure many of you have heard of, but it is an independent online knitting magazine that comes out with collections about four or five times every year. And uh, it's run by Alison Dekaisen. I will show you right now. You will get a, a taste of what Hollandits has to offer. So that that's sort of a taste of my um, design flair as well. I do like to do things that are a little bit different, not necessarily something you will see off the rack uh, that you've seen a million times before. And that's a lot of what Hollandits does as well. And uh, when you do listen to my podcast, I'll throw bits in there, but I do like to talk a lot about other things as well. So that's the um, connection between podcast and my crafty business. Uh, I actually, one of the reasons that I ended Spin Doctor was that I, uh, I realized that I wanted to s start my own yarn company, and uh, which I have done. And... Um, it's, and it's called Sheep Spot, and the, but there's a really, really important segue between the two things because it was really through doing breed study as a spinner and learning about the, the properties and characteristics of different kinds of wool, I just became completely fascinated by that. And I also became very, very passionate about rare um, sheep breeds and about the preservation of rare sheep breeds. And so I decided that I wanted to, I had been kind of working towards this for, it took me a really long time, that I wanted to start, a, first I decided I wanted to start a, a crafty business. And then once I hit on the idea of doing just breed-specific yarns, um, and yarns where I knew and could talk about every aspect of the, or almost every aspect of the supply chain, um, and yarns that particularly favored uh, rare breeds of sheep, then it sort of all fell into place. And so it was really directly out of my experience of, of, of doing breed study as a spinner that the idea of doing breed-specific yarns from the wool of sheep that I really love, that's where that came from. And um, the yarns, I have some, as you can see, some yarns here today. P please come up and squish them uh, afterwards if you like. <clears throat> and but, but the yarns that aren't here are the yarns that I'm most excited about because those are the yarns that are I'm making out of or having spun out of Ontario and Saskatchewan breed-specific wools. So this year there's going to be a Baby Doll Southdown yarn, there's going to be a Clun Forest yarn, a Jacob yarn, 
um, I know I'm forgetting one, and Ile de France yarn, uh, and those are all from Ontario flocks, and I have, you know, talked to the shepherds, I've met the flocks, I've been to the farms, um, and, and I know how those sheep are raised and what kind of chemicals they encounter and don't encounter and all that stuff. Um, and then there, I'm also doing a targi yarn with some Saskatchewan targi, which is the most amazing targi I've ever, really, that I've ever encountered. And we have this idea in Canada that we don't raise good wool here, and it's not true. Um, you know, I basically, I went on the internet, I found shepherds who were raising breeds I was interested in, and in pretty much every case, I found wool that was interesting and usable and had really great characteristics um, and that those yarns are going to be coming this fall and I really could not be more excited about them. All right but going the other way sometimes your podcasting topic like sci-fi and pop culture influences what projects you choose so can you talk a little bit about that? Well as you've seen we already have evidence of that. Especially because um, with the podcast and everything, we often go to movies that have come out, and there are sometimes incentive to knit for those movies, like The Hobbit. Um, we also have, um, because our, our audience really loves sci-fi and stuff like that, they will find things, and we have a thread specifically where people on Ravelry, uh, where people can specifically post things they find. So they'll be like, look at this, it's a Doctor Who thing. Look at this, it's a Marvel movie thing. And then we see it and squeal and want to knit on it, of course. Well, oh, and just as a side note for this particular uh, project, when we first talked about this on the podcast, all we did was comment that it was a really fabulous design and that, you know, maybe, possibly, this should be something that we knit up for the, the last Hobbit movie. All of a sudden, it ran like wildfire through all of the listeners, and we suddenly had a group that we didn't organize say, yes, I'll do it. Yes, I'll do it. I'll do it, too. I'll do it, too. And we sort of looked at each other going, um, I don't think we have a choice anymore. We have to do this now because we started it. Um, I'm starting to dip my toes into the thoughts of designing... Um, a set of socks, mainly because I'm trying to start small. Um, I'm a big fan of the Dresden Files, so I'm following that uh, that path. And it's somewhat terrifying for me because uh, in everything that I've been doing so far, I've been taking somebody else's ideas and following their instructions. So now this is the next level that you have to push yourself to. The next, um, I guess, hurdle, the next uh, step of confidence is, okay, now you have to prove that you understand your knitting, make something of your own. And so, I guess stay tuned for that. I'll, I will definitely post that on Ravelry. I know Karen will let me get away without doing that. So, she's, she's my Jiminy Cricket. She's my conscience. Hmm. Um, I would say it's, uh, influenced, it made me do all sorts of things as a spinner way sooner than I would have gotten to them otherwise. Like, I taught, I, I learned to spin on a spindle because I kind of felt that I had to, again, for the podcast. Um, and then I had to buy a bunch of spindles for the podcast. Um, so a lot of technique things that I felt like I needed to learn how to do. And it was, not, it was really nice to, especially in, that, in those early days of not being a very good spinner, to have all these, to have sort of all these, to have a curriculum laid out for myself. And it was all for the podcast. So 
So Karen and Maggie were talking a little bit about knit-alongs, and I think you do uh, a Harry Potter knit-along, and... No, we started the the podcast the just before the last movie okay. came out, so we never got a chance to do a Harry Potter lo- knit along. Though that's the, a thought for someday. <laughs> the wizarding levels is that? No, that's no. not us. That's okay. um, I can't remember what what group it is, but you can. Oh, now my mind is blanking. Uh, I know we've mentioned it before. But basically, you it's a Harry Potter theme knit along where you do your ordinary wizarding levels, uh. which is the sort of exam that the students have to do in um, at Hogwarts. Clearly, I listen to too many podcasts. <laughs> so what podcasts do you guys listen to, knitting or otherwise? Okay. Um, I, knit lit to lit lit. I listen to a lot of podcasts because I take public transit everywhere. So um, I just grabbed a short list. I tried to find ones that were not really tv show or movie specific um like i listen to a lot based on marvel's agents of shield with our little podcast mascot bobblehead agent phil colson i needed someone here who's going to agree with everything i say um but so ones that are more general uh, a couple of the knitting ones i listen to are the caseness craft collective she's from scotland she has an adorable accent and she reviews whiskey every single episode because <laughs> she has access to a lot of that sort of thing um, another one I really like is Craftlet, where basically um, Heather Ordover, who's an English teacher, she talks about what crafting she's been doing, and then uh, chapter by chapter, each episode, you basically listen to a classic novel. Right now they're doing North and South. They've done Pride and Prejudice, um, Jane Eyre. Um, they had special ones for Christmas Carol. But she, it's also really nice because she sort of explains things about the book in each chapter. So it's, it's like being in English class, but you don't actually have to do essays. Um, and as for other podcasts, one of the ones I really like is uh, NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour. They cover a lot of different topics, so there's always something interesting and they're really funny. Um, and then also one that I really like is called Welcome to Night Vale, which is... It's a fictional small town radio show, but the town is really weird, so it ends up being both creepy and funny and horrifying. It's it's really hard to describe, so I just say just look up Welcome to Night Vale, listen to a couple episodes. Okay, so um, let's see. Welcome to Night Vale is also on my list. There's also Baker Street Babes, which is along the Sherlock lines. Uh, There's also the Nerdist podcast and... um, Electric Sheep, and just want to say hi to her, wherever she is in the world. Uh, London, yes. Um, and occasionally, you know, I'll just, uh, I'll hear namings of podcasts, and even if it's just somebody's very first time, go ahead and go and listen to them, even just for the sake of variety or just to support somebody who's brand new to the whole new media world. It's their first time doing a video podcast. It's their first time just doing a radio podcast. Go, I'll go ahead and I'll listen to them and, and give, them some, give them some feedback. I know we appreciated it when we started. This is definitely my question, because if you want to know about some podcasts, you ask podcasters, right? What do they listen to? So I do have a few uh, knitting podcasts I listen to. There's Subway Knits. She is a charming young lady from uh, New York City. And she talks about, of course, her life in knitting. That's an audio podcast, but then there's video podcasts, too, which are essentially just videos, So, but they call them podcasts. So I find this confusing. Um, 
So of those, I really like Dark Matter Knits. She's been having hers on for about the same time as me, so since February or so. And uh, hers are really great because she will do a thematic episode again. I happen to like that. And then at the end, she'll always give you some sort of um, teachable moment. So I've learned quite a number of things just from her. And another video podcast, again, you can go on YouTube to find the video ones, is Rock and Pearl. She is uh, a designer. She has moved recently from England all the way to California. So she's kind of going through this very interesting uh, roller coaster in her life. She's got wonderful designs, so that's some of the reasons I listen to her. Now, on to the history podcasts, because I don't know if there's any history nerds out there, but I'd be one of them. And Rex Factor is an awesome podcast where these two um, funny guys banter on and rate each of the monarchs in the history of England. It's fantastic. Um, the History Chicks, two American girls who talk about um, females throughout history. So they'll do episodes about almost any female that you can think of that comes to mind. They're fantastic. They have a wonderful rapport, just like these two ladies over here. Uh, history of the World in 100 Objects, which is from the BBC. Of course, the BBC does everything wonderfully. And uh, they're shorter episodes. I think they're usually under about 10 or 15 minutes, but they go throughout the history of time they take objects. I work in a museum, so this just speaks to my happy nerve. And uh, they'll tell stories based on these objects, and you get to learn about the history of the world in 100 objects. There's the History of English podcast. I promise this is the last one. History of English is this one guy, this American guy, who's on an episode maybe 35 or 36 now, and it might be my favorite podcast out of, ever of anything, because he goes over our language and how beautiful it is from the dawn of time of human speaking to he started to he's touched on things like um, the way words are formed and I think he's approximately at um, King uh, shoot Arthur the first one no not Arthur Alfred thank you King Alfred uh, so old English he's still sort of moving into middle English it, anyway if that floats your boat check out that cool I've been writing a lot of things down and it is true that you know when you if you need podcasts, you talk to podcasters. Um, I let's see the knitting ones I listen to are um, I listen to the Knit More Girls and I listen to Knit Knit Cafe. Um, I think my favorite knitting podcast of all time is another podcast actually that's ended, but it's it still totally works. Is um, a podcast called Knit a Journey um, with a woman named Susan Dolph. Um, I lo really, really love that show. Very thoughtful and soothing. Um, also, Hannah Fettig and Pam Allen of uh, Quince and Company. Hannah Fettig's a designer, and Pam Allen is one of the owners of Quince and Company, which is a yarn company doing some really interesting stuff. They do a podcast which is called Knit Pearl, I think. Knit FM. It's called Knit FM. Um, and there's some really interesting... If you want to learn more about... Both the design process and um, and also how yarns are made. It's a really good show for that. Um, and I also uh, now listen to some businessy sorts of podcasts. So I listen to a show on marketing for small crafty businesses called Explore Your Enthusiasm with Tara Swagger. Um, and I also just have to give since I'm a Mac. Uh, nerd, I have to give a little shout out to the Mac Power users. So, uh, 
whom I love. And Sasha, I think we've heard you as a special guest on some of those podcasts. So um, since Sasha ended her podcast, she has been a special guest on Knit Knit Cafe and the Knit More Girls. And it's always kind of like a, a bonus, where's Waldo? Oh, there's there's someone I, I usually listen to and they're on the wrong podcast. But can you talk a little bit about deciding to end your podcast and what you've put into it and... Um, well, I ended the podcast for two reasons. Um, one was that I, uh, that I wanted to do Sheep Spot and I knew that I didn't have the bandwidth to do both. Uh, and the other was that I was actually, I was quite sick last year. Um, I'm better now. Thank you. Um, I was quite sick last year for about six months and I couldn't really do anything. And, uh, one of the things I couldn't do is podcasting. And I came to the end of that period and I was starting to feel better and it was, it was the time to make a decision about whether I was going to go back and really do it or whether I wasn't. Um, and I think one of the things that like, I don't know, I don't know if you guys experience this, but it's kind of a dark underside of, of podcasting, of all the great stuff, of all the love is I never felt really adequate to it and I never felt like I was doing it often enough or you know long enough or I was editing well enough and all that stuff so I kind of I ended it because I wanted to stop having that feeling that I wasn't doing it well enough um so I'd be really interested to hear what other people have to say about that well yeah I mean I do the editing for the podcast and you get a little sense of it today but we're nervous so we're talking kind of fast so you don't actually know what it sounds like when we actually record um I get about um I think it takes me about an hour to get 10 minutes of um proper audio that releasable audio um because I cut out all the ums uhs long pauses while we look things up um so when you're when you're editing a podcast and you're looking for all those things, you notice them a lot more. And so to you, the episode seems awful when you go to release it. When you release it, no one else hears those things. So they think you're wonderful. And it's not not that it's all editing. I've been so nervous because this is, I guess, my first time on a podcast since we're re- releasing the panel as a podcast in a few weeks. Um, so I, I'm getting a little taste of it, I guess. Um, so we have a few minutes left for questions, but before we do that, can we just go back through and get everyone's websites and Ravelry names, and where can people find you? Okay, so we are at knitonegeek2.mtpockets.org. It's .mt, the letter M, letter T, dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S. We have cards with the name on it so that you don't have to try and remember that. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at knitonegeek2. If you search Ravelry um, for knitonegeek2, you'll bring up our group, and that will have links, um, entries for all the episodes, and from there you can find our blog and everything. Um, and I'm personally just knitonegeek2, I'm sorry, knitonegeek2, knitwit1912 on Twitter. Exactly. What has been in your water for you? You got the good water. If, if that's whiskey in there, I want to know. Um, on Ravelry, I am M.A. Salter. And I trust uh, Ravelry friend requests before I trust any Facebook fen- friend requests, simply because, well, lots of high school drama happens on Facebook. And let's just not relive any of that nonsense. I trust Ravelry much, much more. Um, also, if you tr- are trying to find us and you can't remember any of it, just Google Knit One Geek Two. We come up and we try and put the logo on everything just to make it easy to find. 
I'm going to have to echo that myself. I uh, abhor the idea of giving you all URL, URL, URLs, because uh, you're not going to remember them. But I, too, have some cards, if anyone is at all interested. But if you're on Ravelry, which chances are many of you are, I'm Canary Sanctuary, because I like them birds. And um, if you just Google Canary Knits, I've got all the plethora of social media that I'm attached to there. If I have any Instagram friends here, please find me because I like, I love my Instagram. It's my favorite thing right now. So find me and I will follow you back. I'm the crafty rabbit. Um, and you, you need the definite article, the crafty rabbit, not crafty rabbit on, uh, everywhere. So Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Ravelry. Um, and sheepspot.com www.sheepspot.com and I also have cards so you don't have to remember that thank you everyone do we have any questions for our lovely panelists uh, you'll have to come up here because the microphone cords are short yeah actually um, what with podcasts what you can do is you can use um, iTunes or there's a number of different, especially if you have like an iPhone, iPod Touch, there's a lot of different apps. I use one called Downcast. And with those, what actually what you can do is you can subscribe to a podcast. So it will keep checking, you know, every few hours, every day or so to find any, if see if there's any new episodes of a podcast you subscribe to, and it will automatically download it for you. You don't need to remember to go to the website or anything. So uh, what if I wanted to start a podcast? What goes into it? <laughs> On a week-to-week -week basis, how long does it take start to finish, and what do I need? You really can do it with, like, a $50 microphone oh, yeah. and a computer. Um, it's, it's, this is one of the revolutionary things about podcasts. There's a, a really, really low barrier to entry, um, which is why we're seeing so many knitting podcasts. Um, so I started with a USB mic and my computer, and then I, you know got a better microphone but yeah we started off with i think it was your um just the little video camera that you had that was you had plugged into your computer until we burned it out um <laughs> that was episode 13. yeah it was episode 13 when it actually started failing on us which was rather weird and i think it was in october too yeah. um so yeah, like a lot of people do it just with the microphones that are built into their computers. You can get really cheap microphones at Future Shop, Best Buy. You don't need to have a really good microphone and a really good set, a really good setup. There's a lot that you can do in editing. Um, editing software is free. We use Audacity. If you have a Mac, it probably has GarageBand on it, which is so again free. Um, there's not that many little buttons or things that you need to know how to use. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me because I do all the editing. I can give you a quick rundown of it. Other than that, especially for starting a podcast, is just deciding what is it you want to talk about um, and figuring out your sort of preferred format and you know what you want to say. Yeah, and to speak to that point, because you never know when someone's going to ask you to be on a panel and have to describe who your audience is. Have that in mind. Write yourself a whole business plan beforehand so that you're not furiously typing, you know, a couple of weeks before. But anyway, um, I work in the arts, so I have no money, zero dollars. Um, so you don't need a lot of money to start a podcast. All I did was uh, have my iPad mini, and uh, <laughs> I waited, because I be a cheapskate, until I saw GarageBand go for free. So I downloaded that for free, and I don't even have a real uh, microphone. 
I just I just have a pop filter, which is a little wee itty bitty uh, crusted chew and a pantyhose on top yeah. of it. And I hunch over my desk like this, lest my pop filter fall off. And I speak to you this way. So, keep, you know, keep that, keep that in mind next time you're listening. So you can probably tell the audio difference between mine and, and people who have proper microphones. Um, a really good example of that is actually the Nitwits podcast, which I failed to mention. But they're very, two very charming husband and wife. And he's actually a radio guy, so he knows his microphones. He's got a radio voice. It's, it's fantastic. Um, I'm not sure if they're doing it anymore, but they are one to go back to listen for. Uh, if you want to compare my crabby, sorry, not good audio, trying to keep it clean, um, to their extremely good audio. I should point out that if you listen to this later, we have someone who is either you know, putting the sound into a computer, but as a backup, that's my iPod Touch with a $40 microphone in it. So when you hear it, that may very well be the audio you're getting. <laughs> so hopefully it turns out well. In terms of preparation, one of the things that uh, Karen and I do uh, leading up to the days when we know that we're going to record, we've moved into using uh, Google Docs on uh, computers, and that way... We can keep track of notes of things that we want to talk about, and there are often times that we will send notes back and forth to each other. Um, I'll come up with an idea, and Karen will totally veto that on, on the grounds of this sensible reason and that sensible reason, and I'll offer to bake her cookies if she'll let me talk about it, and she says no. Uh, things like that, but having uh, the research done uh, in anticipation of your recording uh, that way you feel more comfortable with the research when you come to explaining it and having a microphone in front of you. It becomes more natural. And um, have fun with it. There's no point in doing a podcast if you feel pressured into doing it or you feel like everybody is doing it. Do it because you ha feel that it's fun for you. And also there's a really, really wide range of different decisions you can make about audio quality, about, um, I mean, one of my favorite uh, podcasts, knitting podcasts, Cognitive, is recorded mostly in her car. Um, and you can you can totally hear the traffic noise, but she's great, right? Like, so, so you can make all sorts of stylistic decisions, you know, because make them, that's your, that's her style. She records in her car, right? Um, there's a whole range. It does, so you don't have to be aiming for to sound like the radio. I was aiming to sound like the radio, but you don't have to. <laughs> and I was going to say, just if anybody, you know, if you have any interest in doing it, you can, you know, like I said, do a podcast on your own. I should mention, too, there's also um, websites like Libsyn or things like that where you can host podcasts. If you Google podcast hosting, they'll come up with them. Some of them are free. Some of them are, you know, have uh, a monthly payment or something like that. Because that's the other part. You have to put it up on the Internet somewhere. Um, luckily, we have an admin monkey who who, who does all that. Um, but yeah, one of the great things is it, it is open to everybody. When I was in high school, I kind of thought I wanted to go into journalism, and even though I didn't for a variety of reasons, now I get to host a radio show where I talk about things that I want to. I don't have to broadcast for advertisers or anything like that. We can just do it and have fun. All right. Thank you. So please feel free to come up and touch this sheep spot yarns. They're very nice. Check out Teresa's sweater. Introduce yourselves. Grab a card. And enjoy the rest of the fair. Thank you for, Thank coming. You for coming. Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes or our show notes at our blog, 
knitonegeek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1, G-E-E-K-2, dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also find them at our Ravelry group. Just search Knit One Geek 2 in Ravelry's groups feature. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can leave a comment at the blog, comment on our Ravelry group, or you can send us an email at knitonegeek2 at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at knitonegeek2. Thanks, and keep geeking on!